Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We do our best every week, every time we come into the show and to do the broadcast to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming and to empower you, our listeners, our faithful, loyal listeners, to knowing doing and impacting the world around you. And we appreciate all that you do to help us get that accomplished every time we get on the air. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. And there's several ways you can do that. The primary way is by calling uh, the number if you want to get your thoughts alive on the air. The number is 347-237-5230. That's the number to call if you want to get your air uh, you want to say something live on the air. Also, you could um, the chat room is up and running, so you can leave your thoughts, insight, opinions, whatever it may be, in the chat room. Uh, simply go to Block Talk Radio and do that. You could also uh, follow us on uh, follow me personally on my personal Twitter at Prophesy, and follow us uh, the Facebook page, the Zero Network on Facebook. Go to the page, like the page, and you, you see updates and uh, you see uh, uh, archive shows from all the way back. You can go back there. Also, uh, website, LorenzoTNeal.com. Send us an email at gmail, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail.com. However way you can get into us, 
we're here. Skype, Twitter, I think I said all of that. <laughs> anyway, happy Wednesday to you, and we are glad to be back. Uh, we were not here last week because we were celebrating a birthday. Last week we had the privilege of celebrating my 39th birthday, and um, I'm excited. This is my last year in my 30s, so uh, I got a lot to do. <laughs> At least I hope I can do uh, this year, the Lord willing. You know, uh, I want to try to live live life to the fullest, as some people say. And uh, so we're excited to be there, and uh, we know that there's a lot of things going on, and we just want to. We're just excited. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, how small churches can survive the summer crunch. That's one of the things we'll be talking about. Um, I know a lot of a lot of pastors, uh, the summer months are the thin months, you know, fewer people and things of that nature. So we're going to be talking about that. But before we get into any further, any other headlines, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness to us. Thank you, O oh God, for another day. We pray that you will give us wisdom and insight and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, in thy name. Amen. So, a uh, couple of headlines real quick. Uh, first and foremost, uh, if you haven't heard, and I'm sure you have, but uh, one, of, one of the most Af- influential uh, African-American women in American history passed away in the person of the Dr. Maya Angelou. And there are a lot of people who could, who are mourning her, and there are some who are, um, there are some who are celebrating her death. And I don't understand why they would, anyone would do that, but there are some who do that. And uh, Maya was both a poet, poet laureate, a writer, a philosopher, social activist. And she was she was a conglomeration of things, and it was just it's you know it was it's wonderful to have been. There. I had the privilege of meeting her on several occasions, and it was wonderful to know to see this woman in person. You know, I read her books, read her poetry. I've been to her home, her childhood home in Stamps, Arkansas. Uh, knew some people who were acquainted and related to her personally, and it's just amazing to me uh, how God gifted her with a wonderful voice and talent, and how she did not sit on it but used it, used it to uh, push people forward. And I think that's the biggest thing. Now, there are those who, uh, on the more conservative end, are critiquing her because of her social views. And uh, she was, you know, she was a bit liberal when it comes to some social issues, particularly that regarding uh, homosexuality and um, same-sex marriage and things of that nature. But, I mean, that is that's not, not any different from most people who are. Do the same, you know. Uh, come uh, some uh, celebrities and whatnot. And that that seems to be the trend for them. So I don't like it for that. But um, what what's funny to me, you know, is that I've read several I've read several articles 
that uh, pretty much just denigrated her as far as talent and and legacy. And I I think this uh, that's that's a damaging thing when you do such a thing. Um, I think we as black people uh, we need positive legacies. You know, we our our trailblazers are are, are, are returning to the ancestors or returning or going to the land of the ancestors. And you know, we don't have any anybody to stand in those shoes or tread the path that they're tread. I'm, I'm thinking about the ones who uh who are left, the legacies like uh Dick Gregory and Bill Clos Bill Cosby and other greats who are, you know and those are just the ones prominent, uh who who are who have been trailblazers and and you know we 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 have all our generation my generation have all but forsaken them uh because they they're trying to spit knowledge that that can educate us and empower us and we we feel that we could you know we're empowered enough because we can earn you know we got more earning power than they did or more supposedly more influence but none of the case Whatever the case may be, um, I am hoping that as they celebrate her life on this coming weekend, that um, that the legacy that she has has left will not go unnoticed, and people and these young women, especially these young women, really need to, you know, to fall into it. And I think about that the poem, the one poem that I. I heard recited more times by, by women than anybody else. Phenomenal woman, you know, and still I rise and things of that. Um, I I I I commend her life. It was a life well we lived, and I hope our young ladies can can see uh, her legacy and and follow in it. So um, take a moment to. Celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Maya Angelou and all that she has done and all the lives that she has touched and persons she has influenced and those who will be influenced by her legacy. So so uh, that's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of things that I, I was scummaging through the massive web information <laughs> and so many things that I wanted to talk about and I'm trying to I've been trying to classify how I wanted to, how I wanted these this particular segment to go because there's just so much craziness going on <laughs> in the world. I mean so 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 much foolishness regarding the church. And I just can't understand <laughs> I can't understand something. Uh, let let me start off with this uh, first. Yeah, if you haven't caught it, it's making a, it's it's coming viral. Uh, uh, a short clip of Dr. Jamal Bryant preaching, and and in the, the segment in the clip, the soundbite that's presented, he is you know he he quotes a Chris, a Chris Brown song by uh, saying these hoes ain't loyal. Excuse my language. And when he says that, you know, the crowd goes wild, and ah, they just, they just, you know, because he quoted, he had the, he he was bold enough to quote that, 
that uh, that line from the song. And so the people went crazy. And I'm thinking, you know, part of me was like, okay, I know I've I've done not that particularly. I haven't gone that far. I I've incorporated um, I've incorporated sermon, uh, you know, contemporary songs, R&B songs, and movie titles into sermons. You know, phrases from movies. Uh, one of my things, <laughs> one of my standard little phrases that I do all the time comes from a comedian, uh, and it was. Shuck a ducky quack quack. Shucky ducky quack quack. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're from you know if you you came up in the old school deaf comedy jam and back in the day uh, you know about Shucky ducky and then you know that was his little that was his little thing and every now and then I throw that out when I'm preaching you know and and I get a good re- you know the, the people react either through laughter because they it brings a memory or they just like oh I he said something funny. Yeah. Um. But that the rawness of how he said, it, I think that's what's was making this piece uh, kind of interesting, or or what's gathering all the attention is the fact that he, you know, he 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 uses the term "hoe" and and you know, just for him to, you know, if he were to go to use the phrase, I could understand him. Uh, I could understand him saying these women aren't, or these people aren't, but to say these hoes aren't. And if you go and listen to the sound bite, uh, it's indeterminate as to what he was talking about. You have to go back and listen to the whole sermon. And in listening to the whole sermon, I understand the context of that one sound bite. And as a preacher, you know, uh, probably would have done something similar, not to the extreme. But my problem is, is that, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago for that matter, uh, people would have gasped in awe. And he probably would not have been, you know, he probably would have had to sit down after saying that. But anyway, ain't no problem. He would have had to sit down after saying that. There was no way 20 years ago, you know, that he could have said something to that nature and, you know, gotten a a rousing applause. That that wouldn't have happened. But that just shows you, that goes to show you where it is. Well, how far we have come from, um, how far we have come from, from where we, where we once were, and it it also gives us insight into where the black church mindset is. The audience of the black church is not any longer concerned with proper preaching. Or uh, delivery for that matter. Well, I won't say I won't say proper preaching uh, content because just by the fact that they reacted the way that they did after saying that, lets the know, lets me know that they are not, they have not come out of the world in, in so many words. You know, the scripture says, uh, Come out of the world, get you know. Come out of the world. Be not like them. Be not conformed, and all of that. But there's a difference between incorporating things in the world into your your sermons to present the message, you know, or to undergird the message of the Christ, of the risen Christ, of Jesus of Nazareth, and the gospel. But to do it just to get you know people are familiar with it, and it's gonna get you attention. And I'm not saying that's what Jamal was doing, but I'm just saying that's that's you know that's how it's being distributed among the 
the outsource, you know, aside from the people who were in his service that that moment and heard the entirety of his message, they didn't get all the content of the message. They only got this little 30-second soundbite video clip that has now gone viral. For some, that's enough for them to run and say, see, he ain't, he, he, he's off. He ain't no good, you know. He just like, you know, he a pimp or anything like that. So, my, 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 I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, where's the line between uh, the world and the preaching to get the attention of the world and preaching to be like the world? You know, uh, I, I go back to Paul's. I go back to Paul's. Um, Paul's defense of himself in. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and chapter 11. If you go back and you read that particular uh, passage of Scripture, actually if you go from uh, from chapter 7 on to chapter 12 in Second Corinthians, you will find Paul is in, in all but pretty much defending himself as a leader in the church and as an apostle. And what captured my attention is chapter 11, he says that, that – um, you gladly, we gladly accept fools. We gladly let people make fools out of us. We we gladly accept the foolish stuff. And this is what he was telling the the Corinthian church. Uh, I think it's in verse nineteen somewhere in there, uh, seventeen, eighteen, or nineteen. But we gladly accept the foolish things. And I think this is a representation of the church today. We are gladly accepting foolishness. Uh, and here's another example of foolish. Foolishness, and you can go. I uh, I got this this story from, uh, and I gotta give a shout out to my friends over at ChurchFolkRevolution.com, uh, PimpPreacher.com, Church Folk Revolution. They have their own show here, show on Blog Talk, also. But um, <laughs> they, they uh, on their website, PimpPreacher.com. You go there, and you'll find a lot of stuff that just will just. I mean, I. I can't believe. I often wonder about my fellow clergymen, clergy persons, because some of the things that they do are just crazy. I mean, beyond crazy. There's a story. There are two stories in particular on this site that just the other day when I was scrolling through the site, I just couldn't believe. There's one story uh, in New Orleans from a church in New Orleans where uh, apparently this pastor and uh, traveling itinerant minister, they're holding a, a meeting, and the people in the meeting are saying that they are they are finding particles of gold dust, silver dust, and angel wings. The angels are actually leading feathers, and this is a re- because of this is happening. This is this is a sign of of, of of God's glory, and and so if you go to the site, you'll see <laughs> he's talking. And people are bringing small little feathers. I mean, tiny feathers, tiny feathers, white, and one was black. And and they're bringing it up to the preacher, and they're showing. They say this this was in my pocket. I just dug in my pocket, and when I pulled out my pocket, this is what I found. This this little angel wing, the angel feather. And and then uh, they'll have people coming up there to the preacher and saying. Uh, I I I I looked on my arm just a minute ago and I see 
gold dust, and you can't really, you know, he's asking them to show it in the camera, and they're saying, you can't really see it, but it's there. (laughs) One woman even got so bold as to say that the man who was preaching showed up in her room, in her bedroom, (laughs) and she couldn't understand what he said. You just got to see it. It's that that foolishness that that gets me. I, I just don't get it. Maybe I'm maybe maybe it's just me. Then there's another video that I just had to laugh about because um, this great prophetess of God or whatever I call. Um, uh, let me see what it, uh, <laughs> it's just hilarious. This woman gets up, she does it. She has this video, and um, uh, she is. Standing in the ocean on the beach, and uh, prophetess at Nat Kenan, I guess that's how I said. But anyway, I posted this on my Facebook page because I thought it was just hilarious. So she is standing on the beach in the in the ocean, and she has a hundred dollar bill in her hand, and and she says to her audience, whoever they whoever they are, she says to her audience, she says. Um, I got this $100 bill in my hand, and I'm going to do as the, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes. I'm going to cast my bread upon the water. And she said, if you cast your bread upon the scripture says, cast your bread upon the waters and come back many days, you know, many days. And then she began to say, I decree that it will return in five months. In five months, you know, I'm going to, I decree that it's going to. And so she talks a little bit more, and she has money in one hand, and she says, all right, I'm about to do it right now. I'm about to cast it into the water, and I, I want you to know you begin to decree it right now as I cast it into the water. She rolls, the, rolls it up, and instead of casting it into the water, she puts it in her other hand <laughs> and then has the nerve to pray and says, I decree it, I declare it, go ahead and believe it, blah, 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 yada, 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 so forth and so on. And it wouldn't have been so bad if it was not a blatant outright lie you know <laughs> there was no attempt whatsoever to even drop the money in the water to make it seem like she was throwing it she just switched hands she didn't even do a good she she didn't even do a good magic trick you know the basic you know you know how somebody pulls a quarter from behind the ear or a coin from behind the ear or you know how to make the quarter or a coin disappear in your hand and you know she didn't even do that <laughs> and there are probably dozens, hundreds, thousands of people who she, who who are believing that she, you know, she did it, and are believing that, uh, that she because she decreed it, they're going to get their five hundred dollars, five months, I don't know, whatever it was, but it was foolishness, and and I hate that our churches come to that. I, I hate, and more so the black church. I can't talk about any other uh, church, and I'm not talking about denominations because it's infiltrating every denomination, including mine, the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Jamal Bryant, Dr. Jamal Bryant is, he's AME. His father is our senior bishop. And, you know, so it, it, it goes across um, across the denominational lines. It's, 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 it's more than just more than just you know these non-denominational churches doing it, but it's infiltrating uh, across the board, and 
you know, we have to figure out what are we going to do about it? What can we do about it? What should be done about it? Uh, and where where are the pastors? When when are we going to require pastors to have more accountability regarding what they say, how they say it, and gimmicks if they are going to incorporate them into their church, into their ministry? There are a lot of gimmicks, but you know, maybe I need maybe I'm just hating on them. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I'm hating. I'm hating. I'm, I'm hating. I'm player hating. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to take a break. Uh, I, 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 I get to rambling, y'all. And my friend Angelique, she knows. Uh, she's probably listening now. Uh, I, 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 yeah. Hey, some days I'm on it. Some days I'm not. And when I'm on it, I have fun. And when I'm not, I ramble on. <laughs> but either way, either way, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about. Um, a little bit about everything regarding uh and this focuses pretty much like on church ministration and i i want to empower some so uh both lay and clergy if you're listening pastors and and lay persons uh, and you know anybody who's listening you know how can you help your small church in particular survive during these summer months and those are some of the things we're going to talk about right after we get back from this break and I hope that you, y'all. Have, I hope y'all having as much fun as I did listening to myself <laughs> talk about this. But hey, you know it is what it is. We will be back right after this break, and um, we'll be getting into the subject: How can small churches survive in the summer break? Be back right after this. Friends, there's nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by Hecentric, is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand-poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by Hecentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you are not disappointed when you order your candle today from Hecentric. I have one at home and in my office, and I tell you, it's so good. It helps me relax at home, and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, and while they also pick up a copy of her book, The Encounter, I'm telling you, you will love both. Peacock by Hecentric, reflecting the glory in everyday life. How much money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen, who needs to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six figure income and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. 
IncomeAtHome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit IncomeAtHome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. You know, Father's Day is next weekend. And I don't want it to sneak up on you, so I want you to be prepared. So I think you ought to do yourself some good and go and get your father something good for Father's Day from from where? Are you asking me from where? Well, I'm glad you asked me. Why don't you try to get him something sweet, something a little sensual, something a little good, something other than a tie? How about going and visit Sherry's Berries, you know? Sherry's has some of the best chocolate-covered strawberries in the world, and they are always fresh, delivered to you, and it is given. I'm telling you, I guarantee you, you will enjoy it. You know, they have flowers you can give to them, you know. Ain't nothing wrong with giving your dad some flowers for Father's Day, yeah, other than a necktie. But you ought to try that. Go to berries.com and look through their selections of some of the best gifts you can ask for. You know, give them a cake. Give them a cookie. Give them some chocolate-covered strawberries. He'll enjoy it. He'll appreciate it. He'll think you're trying to, you know, make him, you know, tell him you need to get in touch with his feminine side a little bit. <laughs> but you don't want to miss up an opportunity to get your father something special for Father's Day. And I just think you ought to go to Sherry's Berries and try something different. Go in there and click on the radio mic and you might get a good discount deal just by mentioning the show. That's Sherry's Berries for Father's Day gift. You won't be disappointed. I promise you. I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. You'll love it. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. All right, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I hope y'all had fun letting me uh, embarrass myself doing that radio promo. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I like doing these voiceovers. It's fun. Sometimes I, I, you know, I get to reading and I forget where I'm going. I blame my ADHD because, you know, sometimes I take my meds and sometimes I don't. Don't y'all go run tell that. Anyway, anyway, let me, I digress. Let me be back on task. Well, uh, we're back in an opening segment. You know, we had a lot of talk about about the foolishness that's going on in the black church. But in this segment, I I, I want to I'm, I'm putting myself in my pastor role as I talk about this. It's the summertime, and as you know, there's always a lot going on. You know, families are taking vacation, kids are in summer school, or or they they got all these summer activities, summer sports, and all these things going on. And it's the summer months. It's the time from the latter part of May up until the up until mid September. 
that churches suffer the most. They suffer the most financially. They suffer the most uh, by by way of attendance. And and, um, and there's no greater place that this is even more evident than in the smaller churches. Now, I've pastored smaller churches. I've pastored rural churches. I've pastored, and where I am now would be considered a, uh, actually it would be a regular church. You know, the average size membership is where I am now. But I've been there, church with four. I've been at the church where you had 20 people. I've been at the church where you've had hundreds of people, and I've, I've never pastored at, at either of those churches, at, at one of those churches. I've been at a church where there's thousands of people. I haven't pastored there yet. I say yet because, you know, hey, promotion. But every single pastor, if you speak with them, they will tell you the same story. Uh, summer months directly affect them. Uh, particularly financially because, you know, like I said, families are leaving, going on vacation, so they might not leave their tithes or their offerings or, you know, they're they're sending the children off somewhere. And the ones who have high school graduates, you know, sending their children off to college or uh, whatever it may be. So everybody feels that pinch during these summer months. And, um, but it, it, it's it's more possible that the, the smaller churches suffer more during this because the members uh, and the pastor get the the wonder bug, they get the traveling bug. They they want to uh, they want to go somewhere other than family vacations. That's, that's one <laughs> one thing. But I've been I've been I've been pondering this. You know, what do you do? What 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 could be done uh, to keep the few folk who you know, never go anywhere. I mean, I got some folk who they never go anywhere, so I know that they're going to be at church every Sunday. And I know when I was a smaller church, when uh, I was at one church in particular, we knew when summer vacation came because this person was a teacher. Uh, and uh, when school got out, I already knew I wasn't going to see. Matter of fact, I had a church full of teachers one time. When school got out, I already knew I wasn't going to see them much. <laughs> Cause, and I felt bad because I didn't travel. I, when I was teaching and pastoring, I didn't travel during the summer month. I, I didn't get to do – I mean, I went to church meetings. That was my vacation time. That's because that's all I did. I traveled to church meetings. And I only had maybe four weeks of vacation anyway as a band director. I didn't get a lot of time off. I spent my summer planning for the March um, and for fall season, you know, fall marching season. So I didn't, I didn't really do much. Uh, I don't know why I said all that. But anyway, uh, there, you know, there were just those that I knew were not going to be there. And I knew that we weren't going to have some money. <laughs> you know, I knew that was going to happen. But I, I got in a conversation with a, a friend of mine. And we were talking about this. And I, I thought I'd just share. Uh, you know, I, I, I just want to – I want my listeners who are church members and not in ministry at all, I want you to kind of get an idea of how the pastor – at least how I think. And some pastors think during the summer, man, these summer months, when there is no planning. You know, I have a budget meeting, uh, and I have – we you know we do our planning and we do strategic forecasting and we go back and uh you know we look over the financial uh reports from for this period during the summer and we like okay we know we need to have this much 
by this time. And, you know, we start preparing for that early. And that's what I love about my administration team here at the church, uh, my, my uh, finance team at the church. You know, we're, we, we, we know we have a general idea of how to flow it on through financially. So we got the financial part down. The problem I'm having, even now at this, you know, I can't keep people from leaving. <laughs> I wish I could keep them. I wish I could keep people from leaving. <laughs> you know, I I wish I could keep people from leaving. But you know, you can't stop people from enjoying the summer. And most of them, you know, they, uh, even if they're working full time, they plan to travel during this time. So you know, some of us get anxious about the few people. So I, you know, I just thought I I may, you know. Look at the strategies, not strategies, but things, you know, could be done. And, you know, one of the biggest things that needs to be, and I think small churches, smaller churches, rural churches, you know, really could benefit from uh, are are summer programs. By summer programs, I mean um, uh, things like a vacation Bible school. Uh, a summer enrichment program, a summer feeding program, uh, or anything of that nature. And, and let me tell you why. And, and I, I learned this in, in, over a period of time. It does not matter the size of the building if there is something that is going to benefit the community happening. And and, and I think this is what it should be empowering to, to small church pastors as well as members. When you just... Know that you can do something. It does not have to be on a grand scale, but just it is something. Then that is enough. I always fall back on Vacation Bible School. When I was a kid, Vacation Bible School went for two weeks. Uh, and we reduced it down. I know at some churches, it's, it's maybe three days, like we do revivals now. It used to be revival was a week two, but now we reduce the time to about three days. Uh, some churches have vacation Bible school three days. Some churches only have it a week. And, and you know, it's it's boring in some places. But but vacation Bible school was a way, when I was a kid, it was a way of not only getting my attention in the church, but making me help me helping me to see that church could be fun. Uh, and in our in our church we have the we have a church school convention which is which is basically like a one day a day and a half vacation Bible school. We have a Christian Education Congress, uh, and in our Episcopal district it held at a uh, one of the local universities. And I, I tell you the kids love going there. You know, giving the getting a taste of dormitory life and college life is it's, it's, they love it they they love it uh but when you have opportunities like that for the community you know if your building is kept up right they ain't gonna care they're gonna be glad that there's just something to offer here at, at, at my church uh we have a, a small recreational park across the street and there's basketball, and there is a swimming pool. One of the things that we do and we've been doing is that during the summer, particularly I know in July, uh, things are in July and first part of August, somewhere in there, while the kids are at the swimming pool, uh, there are certain days that we'll just have hot dogs or something, you know, uh, 
on uh, on Wednesdays if some people are here. Sometimes uh, Thursdays. You know, it it didn't have it wasn't consistent as far as the day, but there were days that we just like well we're gonna serve the kids. Whoever's at the swimming pool, we're gonna when they get, when they're walking back by the church, we're gonna let them know that they can come by and get something, and that was an amazing. You know, I'm like, cool, that that was awesome, and you know, I'm I I, it's not open right now. <laughs> the pool is not open, but but that was the other thing. Uh, we had uh, at another church I was at, we had a a summer softball team for the adults and for the children. And believe me, I never saw more adults excited about summer coming. And they were bringing their friends to be a part of the softball team. And next thing you know, the friends were coming to the church. The friends were uh, getting engaged and their lives were being changed. And it's things like that that is, you know, that's that's the powerful thing about ministry. And so it, those, those are just a couple of things. Now, when it comes to this summer enrichment program. I'm glad I'm seeing a lot more churches participate in summer feeding programs. Uh, I know when I was a kid, our school did it, uh, and um, I saw some churches do it. But here in the Mississippi area, uh, Jackson area, I'm seeing a lot more churches offer summer feeding programs. And this is powerful because there are a lot of children, particularly uh, I know in this area, in, in a lot of areas, urban areas, where children don't get, I mean, the only meal they were getting were at school. And that was only breakfast breakfast and lunch. And they were going home not having anything to eat. And, you know, when you have these summer feeding programs, these kids can still have that, that same kind of uh, mindset that they could get a meal, uh, a meal or two during the day. If they didn't get anything at home, I think that's a powerful way of evangelism. And for those of you who are listening, who are small, you know, you pastor small churches, that's something you should consider. You can get grant funding for it. You can, you know, you can set aside stewardship. Use, you know, use the benevolent fund. If you you have a benevolent fund, use it. If you have a building fund, use some of that money. And you know, I know everybody, you know, pastors want to build nice edifices and things like that nature, but. Uh, when you use those funds, set aside things like that, for you know, for example, with the building fund, when you tap into using those funds to build the community, you can guarantee that your church will also get built numerically and financially and even physically. You can guarantee because while you're giving into the community, the community will see your value as a entity. They will see your value as something more than just a building where people go to on maybe once or twice a week. When they see that you are actually trying to empower and 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 help their community, enable their community, then yeah, they will be more willing to support your ministry, pastor, layperson, deacon. <laughs> they will be more willing to support you when you do that. And and the, I I try to do this. We since I've been at this church, every year we host a national night out celebration in you know collaboration with all the other uh, uh, with the county and the city. We host one at the, on the grounds of the church, and uh, this is what I really love because the kids come out and you know we we hold it till right before dark or just or after dark, and there's plenty of food. There's good music. And 
it's all fun, and the kids love the kids in the community love it, and it it shows them we've we've had them come, you know, we've had them come, and they come back, and their parents come, and their parents come back, and even if they don't join, it's just that now they know that they have something co- to connect with in the community. They know Pastor Neil, they know New Bethel Church. They see, you know, that we're doing more than just existing in a space. So uh, that's just a couple of things I, I like doing. Um, but pastors, I know our main concern, aside from the outreach and aside from our opportunities, our biggest concern, as I said before, is what do we do when we see the empty spaces? How can we deal as pastors? How can we deal with that paranoia? That anxiety, and you ain't got to admit to it, but I know it's there. When you see people not there, or you see empty pews, you know, I know when I was, uh, it used to hurt me. I was like, man, I know I got more people here, but, and I know where the people are going, but I felt, I was feeling bad, like, man. What am I going to do? Such and such is not here. What am I going to do? This family is not here. What am I going to do? You know, and I I never cheated the people when it came to sermons. <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to cheat them. But I had that, that anxiety, and, and I can admit to it now. Um, so so what do you do when that challenge, with that particular challenge? I suggest one, I suggest first First thing I suggest you do is, one, consider revamping summer ministry. Do something different. You know, schedule a different time for worship. So instead of 11 o'clock, do a Saturday evening or Saturday afternoon worship. You know, Sabbath. Do a Sabbath service. If you don't do that already, you know, for certain of our brothers and sisters who already worship on Saturday, but for those of us who traditionally worship on Sunday, consider changing the time. Go to an afternoon, you know, uh, maybe, maybe you know, like, okay, we'll have more people come in the afternoon or just at the evening service or just at the morning service. Go to an early morning service and people come and they're able to get out and then carry on the rest of their day. Consider that. That's, that's one thing to consider. Uh, consider alternative meeting places. If you're a small church, particularly if you're a small church, and you know that you know the crowds will be thin during certain periods during the summer, consider an alternative meeting place. Let's say you say, okay, on this Sunday we're going to have a fellowship at a Piccadilly restaurant or Golden Corral restaurant. We'll we'll rent out the space there, and this is where we will hold our worship service and don't be concerned about collecting offerings and tithes or anything like that just leave it at that and say okay we're going to have a fellowship service and you know this is what we're going to do we're going to sit and enjoy each other and i'm not going to preach but if i do talk you know it'll be something small or we'll you know if you have a sunday school you you discuss the sunday school lesson as you know part of fellowship or or you have you use that as an impromptu church meeting to discuss issues with the church. You know, 
Uh, There's something things that that's just a few things, you know, and that will stimulate the folk will forget that some people are gone, and they won't be, you know, it will lessen your anxiety when you have to stand up in a pulpit and you see empty seats, and you know your offering gonna be thin, and you get nervous about that. You know, I know that's a lot of pastors don't do that, but that. <laughs> And for your members, for the for the laypersons who are listening, I I I I, I got to say this. Do not use the summer as an excuse not to go to church. And I'm gonna say like I, this is the reason I say that. There are a lot of people, and I know from experience, that use the summer as an excuse. To just say I'm, you know, when they they just tired, they're not tired of, they're they're tired of the uh, the what I'm trying to say. They get tired of uh, the same old same old, and they use summer as an excuse not to go to church. And then there's just some who are just lazy, you know. There are just some people who are just lazy. Like, well, I know ain't nobody else gonna be coming, so I'm gonna miss this Sunday. And it, it's always it never fails uh, around the holiday weekends, like. Labor Day weekend, Memorial Day—I mean, Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, and um, a Fourth of July if there's a weekend. So you know, I think it's on a weekend this year or close to it. Uh, you know, they use those excuses. Oh, that you know, they some—they got to be somewhere or they're gonna fit. And, and, and family reunions. <laughs> you know, they, they use the the family reunion isn't into August, but. They don't. They stop coming to church in June. You, you, you get what I'm saying? And they they use the excuse so well. We getting ready for our family reunion. <laughs> maybe y'all I, maybe y'all never used that excuse before. But I've had I've heard. I mean, I'll tell you, I've heard people say some of the some of the, some of the craziest things to get out of coming to church during the summer. So, but what can the layperson do? Well, you you need to. Uh, if you if you have a good working relationship with your pastor, let them know. You know, I'm not telling you to get them, give them your travel itinerary or anything like that. But you know, let them know that you're planning to go out, and you know, it may be your whole family, it may be just you. But let them know, kind of lessen the anxiety. Um, and and don't hold back your money. You know, if you know you're going to be good, if you know. Uh, if you know that you're going to be gone, and you know you're you're a faithful giver, don't 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 let up on that. Do the same thing. Continue in that pattern. Uh, you know, make provision for your absence. Make your make provision for your absence so that people will know that uh, so the pastor will know that you know you're not no part time member. <laughs> you know, you're not your summer vacation. Is a summer vacation financially also, but make provision. Make sure that you know you're saying, okay, we're going to make sure that we give what we will regularly contribute in weekly offering, monthly offering, whatever it may be, your tithe offering, gift of benevolence, missions, whatever it may be. How you contribute? Make sure that you do that, so you know it won't leave the church hanging, and 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 you know you can help push the church along. I know of a lot of churches that close their doors during the summer because that's the toughest time financially. 
especially for those pastors who want to be full-time apostles, prophets, etc., blah, 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 and they, they supplement their pastoral ministry during the summer by traveling all the time. You know, so every week there's a revival here, there, and everywhere because they know they ain't going to get no money from their local church. And, and I'm just saying it. It may not be the case, but I know there are some like that. I know that there are some like that who see the summer as lean, so lean that they got to, you know, take up a side gig of an evangelist to make ends meet. And it shouldn't be that way. Uh, you know, but again, what do I know? <laughs> What do I know? I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to close out uh, the regular part, the main part of the show. Um, Oh, I thought I had a caller, but they they, uh, hung up. So we're going to take this quick break. And when we come back from the break, we'll close out this segment. And we'll be back right after this. Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive's claim service. Thrilling. 
1080p HD movie. My beef isn't with you, Lewis. Sensational effects like selective color in HD movie and stills and amazing photo quality that packs a Nikon punch. Okay, guys. You're a natural. The Nikon D5100, a DSLR so versatile, we shot this whole commercial with it. The compact D5100. And check out the waterproof, breathe-proof, shot-proof Coolpix AW100. Back to zero today again. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I hope you guys have been enjoying this show as much as I have been enjoying it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, this month makes four years that we've been doing the broadcast, and I, I just I'm excited. And you know, we're we're about to venture out into further, deeper streams, and we're going to be soliciting you. You know, some some of you, you know, y'all listeners, we we need you. And I'm not a begging man, but you know, I beg. I ain't too proud to beg. That's what TLC said. I ain't too proud to beg. Uh, Temptation said it too. I ain't too proud to beg. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so, wrapping up this segment, talking about how small churches, small churches, not small churches, uh, small churches can survive the summer crunch. And those are just a few of the ideas. You know, do outreach, be outreach minded, civic outreach minded. You know, vacation Bible school, enrichment programs, feeding programs. Do more than just, you know, gather weekly during the summer when you know you ain't going to have a lot of folks. Do stuff like that to bring people in. And, uh, you know, uh, consider alternate, alternative worship uh, times and places. Um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with meeting outside under a tent, you know, if you can get it approved by the city. Nothing wrong with that. Do that. You'd be surprised how many people will actually come off the street and sit under the tent just because it's there. You do that. That's that's something that's good. It contributes to your growing memory. You know, it can contribute to your to growing your your ministry. And don't be afraid to, you know, when you know you got a, just a few folk who gonna be showing up. Ain't nothing wrong with going out to a restaurant and fellowshipping with your folk there. And having uh, just a good time in the Lord with them. And, you know, you ain't got to preach a sermon. You ain't got to take up an offering. You just be. And I, I guarantee, you know, that would be one refreshing, refreshing thing that that would be doing. And uh, consider, uh, I, I didn't say this, and I'm running out of time. I really want to, you know, consider going on a retreat, doing a retreat. And that will help. You know, that, that's that's something to consider. But anyway. I, I, you know, those are just some things I just thought I would share. Things that I know I have done, and I know that my church is doing. Some other churches are doing that helps them go through the summer months. And if you're a small church pastor, or if you're a member of a small church, you may want to suggest kind of some of these things that can be a buffer. You know, help improve your confidence during the summer when it, you know there ain't gonna be a lot of folks there. But anyway, I, I'm glad that you guys are tuning in. Next week we're going to be talking about. Uh, it, it, it's this crazy stuff of decreeing and declaring and all this other kind of foolishness that that uh, has.
come into the church, and I talked a little bit about that with this lady earlier, but we'll talk a little bit about more of that next week and some other great topics and subjects, you know. But uh, So tune in next week, same time, same channel, same everything. But before I leave, I want to get a shout-out and a happy birthday to my stepmom, uh, Rose Miller. Happy birthday. Thank you for keeping my dad in check. <laughs> and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Until we meet again on this side of the river, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I'm heading out to enjoy the rest of my day, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of yours, too. This is Pastor Neal. Till next week, blessings and love. Peace. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.